It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to Shut Up and Ball. I am Aaron, accompanied by Mr. John Harris. Um, and we're here to talk hoops. And if you didn't know, probably why John's wearing his jersey today. Uh, we'll just dive right into it. Celtics advance to the NBA Finals in a wild game seven, which I'm sure we'll recap in a second here. Uh, but obviously, when you throw it to the Celtics fan, how are you feeling, John? I feel good. Um, honestly, in most of the game seven, I felt pretty secure. I, I don't think there was actually a single point which Miami led yeah. uh, until those final two minutes. That's when my heart really started to race, and I really started to feel like the game seven pressure, specifically when Boston all of a sudden started going cold and the Heat started, you know, just clawing back and things got close and it got as close to that, you know, it was a two point margin, and the Heat had the ball. So I'm excited. I'm glad they finally got there. Um, for years, I've been defending the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum combo, the Marcus Smart experiment that has been the last decade. And for years, even in some of our friend groups, I've been hearing they got to break it up. They got to trade pieces. They got to do all this different kind of stuff. And uh, it's just cool to finally see it actually work. Obviously, the goal is still to win a championship when you're the Celtics. You know, when you're one of those like franchises that has probably at least three titles, you no longer settle for finals appearances. Like it's, it's time to win a championship. So yeah, I'm super excited that they made it, but you know, gotta, gotta finish it. Otherwise all this excitement was for nothing. Yeah. I just want to recap that series real quick and also talk about what's next for the heat real fast. Um, but mainly this game seven really. So we need to recap here. Um, we talked about it. I just want to put it out there before uh, just for our, for our content, Lot there's some criticism over the Jimmy Butler shot. Uh, I'm gonna keep it short and simple, and I'm sure you will too. Uh, they don't get to that point without Jimmy Butler, and I hear it. I one argument, very good argument I heard was Jimmy had played every minute, so I understand going for the kill shot as opposed to let's play for the tie. Or and once again, this is the best defense in the league. We, let's not not give him their credit. So I'm sure Jimmy's like this may be the best shot I have. Al Horford's on his heels. Let me go for it. You know what I mean? And I'll sign another tweet. Perfectly said, Jimmy deserves to take that shot. Um, and he said himself, he said, after he, Jimmy said himself in a press conference afterwards, my teammates were fine with me taking that shot. I wanted, I was fine with taking that shot. He missed. You know, that's what happened. So, um, yeah, I, I have no issues with Jimmy Butler. Obviously, like I just mentioned, he's the only reason they're in that game. I told John, jokingly, of course, that y'all are going to have to basically killed Jimmy Butler. He was not going to let, he was going to do whatever he could to win that game. He was not letting them uh, just get blown out. He was doing whatever he could. So uh, credit to him, but nonetheless, Celtics win. Obviously, like we kind of alluded to before the series, just it's kind of a team win. 
T.S. Tatum was good. Jess Brown was good, but a bunch of different guys contributed uh, on both ends of the floor, especially in that game seven. Obviously, Derek White dad effect. The Derek White effect is real. Um, but nonetheless, I'll throw it to you, John. Any comments on Jimmy Butler's shot or just anything in that game seven that you wanted to talk about? Well, I want to talk about the shot because I think this is just a thing that happens in sports where you criticize the outcome and not actually the decision because I, literally my immediate reaction to you was I was shocked he took it. And I wasn't shocked because I thought it was a bad shot. It just felt like the way that Jimmy Butler was playing in no point in my mind with a full head of steam, was I expecting him to pull up? I thought he was going to go all, all the way to the rim, but the more that I think about it, it, it just, it makes so much sense because Honestly, if they went to overtime, I'm not sure that Miami had what it, it, it took to win. Like yeah. like you said, Jimmy has played every minute of this game. He played all but four minutes in the game prior. So he was worn down. There was very little offensive creation, which we have been criticizing the Heat throughout the series for this. Tyler Hero was not going to come back. It seems like the injury was you know, probably worse than expected, and so he couldn't come back into the game. And so it was basically just Jimmy and the occasional Kyle Lowry moment Bam had some good moments in the first half, but kind of fizzled out in the second. So honestly, I imagine in Jimmy's mind, he's thinking the best opportunity for us to win this game is right now when we have the momentum and they can't score right now. So if we can take the lead, our defense can probably put us over the edge because they've missed like five straight shots and they were open shots too. So their confidence is low. The crowd is in it to where if we go to overtime, that allows them to settle in. That allows them to get their, you know, their nerves under control. That allows Udoka to make some adjustments potentially. So I I totally understand why Jimmy took the shot. He like like you said, he's the best player on the team. He's the only person that was giving them really any offensive output consistently in this series. In two of the games they won, it required him to put up over 40 points. That's just not sustainable for a guy like Jimmy Butler who like, I mean, obviously he has elite level potential of scoring, but I don't think anybody would really consider him like an elite level scorer. Now he was in this series and he has been in previous playoff runs, but like, that's not his game. His game is just being involved in every aspect. And in this series specifically, he had to focus so hard on offense that I, I think he was just gassed by the end of this game. And he decided a wide open three versus a full overtime period. I'm going to, I'm going to put it all in this one shot and see if I can make it. If you want to criticize Jimmy, criticize him for missing it. I don't get why people are criticizing him for taking it. Just, it was wide open, criticize him for missing. Uh, and he would, he would own that criticism because I mean, he's Jimmy Butler. He's never made an excuse. So I respect Jimmy Butler. And uh, yeah, if anyone's blaming him for them losing this series, come on. Like that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so We'll see what happens with the Heat, obviously, going forward. We already posed when the Joel, I think it was around game five, when the series was looking pretty dire. There's already, you know, obviously Joel Embiid kind of incited this. Uh, there's rumors. Obviously, Joel said they need another superstar. We already kind of were brainstorming. Maybe it's Joel. Um, you know, we're still, I'm still seeing the Bradley Board, Bradley Board, Bradley Beal um, movement, you know, potentially being there. I've already seen some, you know, mock trades, things like that. Um, so what do you think's next for the Miami Heat? Because like, it's tough because there is some there's the Kyle Lowry question. Do you stick with Hero? I mean, he was injured, so you can't give him a pass. Do you stick with Bam? We already kind of talked about that. Uh, but now that the series is finally final, do you think that they change it up? Um, 
I think the easy answer is to say no, because a lot of the options that they could potentially take like a big swing for don't seem super realistic. Um, like Joel Embiid, what are the chances that he's going to leave Philadelphia? I don't, I, I would yeah. say it's probably like a 0.001% chance he leaves this off season. Now, maybe down the line at some point, if he gets frustrated and they're still not winning and Harden doesn't work out and all that kind of stuff, maybe. But as of right now, I don't see that happening. Uh, Bradley Beal, I've literally, to this point, I still have not heard any indication he wants to leave. It seems like he is confident going, you know, with Washington. And so if that's the case, they're not going to trade him. Like, if he wants to be there, they're going to let him stay. Um, And then for Donovan Mitchell, I think that's the most intriguing one because – just simply put, they I think they need more perimeter creation. Um, I think that obviously Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero both are dealing with injuries throughout the series, so it's a little hard to like fully judge them. But there was just a lot of moments in which it felt like the only ways in which they were able to score was Jimmy just doing stuff himself or some sort of, like sort of weird shrews action off of like a pick from Bam that maybe then resulted in Bam like diving to the rim. But that was kind of it. There wasn't a whole lot of like creating for teammates outside of once again Jimmy Butler just driving. Um, so I think it'd be interesting if they could get a guy like Donovan Mitchell because I think that he could help with a lot of that with his ability to penetrate really deep and you know kick it out to other players. Um, but once again, I don't know how realistic that is. I don't know where Donovan Mitchell stands on staying in Utah or wanting to leave or anything like that. Um, and I don't even know if Miami would have the pieces to get it done because your package, if you're going to do that, you're, you're going to want to keep Bam and Jimmy. So it's going to be built around Tyler Hero. But what are the other pieces that you can throw in there that are really going to be attractive for Utah? I'm not sure. So uh, I'm, I don't think a big swing is honestly the most viable option for them. So in my opinion, I think that they just, they're going to have to go out and find some better role players. I've, I've heard a lot about how deep this Miami heat team was. And I think for a lot of the regular season they were, but in the playoffs, things change. And, you know, with Kyle Lowry and the Tyler hero stuff, the injuries there, I just think Gabe Vincent, he had a fantastic playoff run. I think he exceeded a lot of people's expectations, but I would consider him more of a scorer than a passer. And so I think they just need to go out and they need to find somebody who can pass and create for their teammates. It doesn't even have to be someone who's, an elite level score. Like I'm thinking of like a Ricky Rubio type, not specifically him because he's getting up there in age, but someone along those lines who just allows you to bring somebody off the bench potentially and can just run the offense and get shooters involved in ways that don't just revolve around them sprinting around screens the whole game. Um, because when you face a team like Boston, who has a guy like Derek White, for example, I mean, he put on a master class of how to defend that kind of stuff. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens for Miami. I, I, I would say realistically, I think they're just probably going to run it back for the most part. I can't imagine that you're going to get like a ton of value out of moving a Kyle Lowry or some of the other pieces. So really, if you're going to take a big swing, it's around Tyler Hero, maybe Bam, if you're going after like Embiid. Um, but realistically, like I said, yeah, I, I think they're probably just going to run it back and try and fix the bench probably. Yeah, the only thing, I think the only realistic thing that, obstacle or person they may move is Duncan Robinson. It, it seemed like he was just in the doghouse uh, after, which was odd because he came out game one in the first round. I know it was against the Hawks, but still playoffs had a great game. Didn't hear from him until late in this series when Spo was throwing the kitchen sink at 
like Boston to try and find a spark offensively, and he still really didn't really do that. Um, but once again, I'm not. Who knows? I mean, every, you could say every team needs shooting. I would, uh, and then like the only team that I could see would desperately want to make a move for Duncan would be like the Lakers, but the Lakers don't have anything to trade. And they're already in caps. And then we know that the Heat are not going to take Russell Westbrook. No offense to Russell, but and the Lakers are really obviously aren't trading LeBron or AD. So those contracts, I'm not obviously Duncan doesn't make that much money, but he makes he's making around 20 million a year. So it's a right. pretty sizable contract. So who knows? They, they may find a buyer for him. They may, like you said, I think it's very realistic that they run it back with him. Um, and they, I think honestly, end of day, they could just attribute this. Hey, we just maybe try to got to get into the postseason healthier next year uh all around uh, and just unfortunate so um but nonetheless and i think just real quick yeah i do want to say too that it's not necessarily like a terrible decision to do that because there could be some development from some of their guys bam is still incredibly young so and i think that this is this series specifically is maybe sort of a wake-up call for him that he needs to develop more of an offensive game um same with tyler hero obviously he was hurt so once again we didn't get to totally see anything but we could see development from him so maybe he elevates his game even more they have a lot of young pieces that like you know gabe vincent he's relatively you know new into the league so they have pieces who can develop to make their team better without having to make a move um but one one key free agent too that i forgot to mention as well is pj tucker uh, i think he was yeah. pretty cr- crucial to this run obviously great defense fire the leader all that kind of stuff uh, and he provides the shooting that you need, uh, you know, from the corners. So we'll see what they do with him. I think Milwaukee sorely missed him after they let him walk. So I don't feel like Miami's going to make that same mistake because he feels he feels like the exact sort of player that they want in their culture. Um, but we'll see because you never know. I mean, they don't, like, like we talked about with some of these guys, they don't have a ton of flexibility. Lowry's making a lot of money. Robinson's making a lot of money. Bam and Jimmy are making a lot of money. Heroes due for a lot of money pretty soon here. So you know, the only moves that you can really make are you're going to have to, you know, potentially do a trade. And like you said, that's probably going to be Duncan Robinson. Yeah. So um, we'll see what happens with the heat though. But nonetheless, I think object as an, me an objective person, I'm sure John could be objective, but nonetheless, better team won the series, this series um, and they advance and that's the Celtics, obviously. So let's now move to the finals. We can finally talk about the finals. Uh, it is Warriors Celtics. Game one is a Thursday, right? I think they said, Thursday, yep. um, I probably should have looked. I think Celtics are Celtics at home, right? Uh, no, the Warriors. Warriors have home had court they had Warriors at home court. Okay, so Warriors is going to start in Golden State. Obviously, they get a couple more days rest than the Celtics. So, um, do you, I'm gonna throw it to you, Jay, first, John. Again, you're a Celtics fan here. How are you feeling about this series? What's your prediction? Um, I feel pretty good. Obviously, the Warriors are a really scary team. Um, and I, I most people I've seen have been predicting that the Warriors are going to win. And I'm not shocked by that because it's it's the Golden State Warriors, right? They have the experience. This is, what, their sixth NBA Finals. And that experience matters at this kind of level. None of these Boston players. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
trying to think even on like bench guys, I don't think anybody's been to the finals on their roster. So like they don't have anybody that has that experience. Um, yeah, Derek White, I don't think he was back, you know, on those old Spurs teams because he's not that old. No. So not a single player on their team that I can think of right now that's been to the finals. So they, you know, this is just a new experience for them. This is the farthest they've ever gone. And that, that could pay pretty big dividends here. Uh, specifically just some keys to watch in the series, things that I think could really pay dividends for these teams. Uh, for Golden State, it's going to be interesting to see how they employ their death lineup, right? Because the lineup that they're going to want to do is that small ball stuff with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and then Wiggins and Poole. But that lineup specifically, they're going to if they can't destroy Boston on the offensive side of the court, I think they're going to struggle to defend against Boston because that's a very undersized lineup. And the Celtics are going to run out there with Marcus Smart. If they want to match size, they might take off Rob Williams or Horford and bring in Derek White or Grant Williams. But even then, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have size advantages over Poole or Clay, you know, whoever's going to guard them. And if you put Clay and Wiggins on those two guys, well, then you got Poole on Grant Williams. And we saw even in this Heat game, uh, game seven, that Grant is willing to, if they space the floor, he's willing to go and take that smaller guy down into the paint because he's very strong. So he can make it happen. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I think if they're going to employ that lineup and they're absolutely going to, they're just, they're going to have to be really efficient offensively because I think defensively they could struggle with that. But the same on the flip side for Boston is if they're going to go against that lineup, they can't just let them start going crazy with scoring Boston throughout the whole playoffs have had these random moments in certain games, like, you know, the heat series game one, third quarter, where all of a sudden everything just starts going wrong. They're turning the ball over. They look careless and they just, they look stagnant and the warriors are like the ultimate team to punish you being stagnant like that. So you can't allow that to happen, especially against that specific lineup. Um, but I, I do think that the warriors and I say this lightly because I think this, some people are going to take this the wrong way. They're still an elite team, but I think their reputation has sort of carried them a little higher than I think they really currently are right now. I mean, if we go back like three weeks, most people weren't even picking them to go to the finals out of the West. A lot of people were picking the Suns. Um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of question marks about this Warriors team. And then all of a sudden, once the playoff starts, those question marks, you know, they answered a lot of them. And that's, you know, really good. And that's impressive. That's what you want to do at the right time. But I don't think that this Warriors team is as scary as some of the Warriors teams in the past. Obviously, I still think this is going to be the biggest task that Boston has faced because sure, you eliminated KD and Kyrie, but they didn't really have great defense or great size. Sure, you eliminated Giannis, but their defensive scheme was literally going to allow you to just shoot wide open three-pointers the entire series, and you made them. And sure, you beat Miami, but they didn't really have any second option outside of, besides Jimmy Butler, who was putting in consistent points. Golden State, they cover all of those strengths of those teams outside of maybe the Bucks. They don't have like a dominant paint presence like Giannis, but they also don't have a lot of those same weaknesses, uh, and they can match up really well for what Boston's going to do. But at the same time, I think the Warriors, there's just certain things that I think a lot of people are still remembering them for from years back. I think the biggest example to me is Clay Thompson. He's still great offensively, but I think his defense has sort of gone under the rug. 
but it's not as good as it used to be. And I think that's in large part due to the injury. He's just not as quick footed. He can't slide as well. And so if you start putting him on a guy like Jalen Brown, that all of a sudden could be a matchup that can be exploited. I'm not saying it's going to be because Clay's not a terrible defender, but he's not the elite defender that he once was. Um, And the thing with Jordan Poole, once again, this death lineup does not have the same defensive prowess that some of their old death lineups did. So we'll see how the series goes. For the Celtics, like I said, the the key there is they have to utilize their size advantage. If they don't, all of a sudden we could see situations in which Rob Williams gets played off the court. That sort of happened at the end of the Miami series where they just went small ball and they just took him off because he, you know, whenever he got the ball offensively, he was getting stripped in the paint and the Warriors are going to do that same thing. Um, So they have to utilize their size advantage and they can't get into those little stagnant moments. And for the Warriors, I don't know. I mean, they've been there so many times. It's hard to say like things that they can't or can't do, but I think the key to be to watch is going to be specifically clay and Jordan Poole's defense. And then Steph Curry, because the guys never won a finals MVP. So he might be extra motivated in this series. Just go off Uh, my official prediction Celtics and seven got to ride with my team. All right. Um, This is very tough because Kind of similar in these two teams. And I think what helped the Celtics, we saw last round, J.D. Rick made a very good point on his podcast, is they're like 7-8 deep, like reliably 7-8 deep. Not this, oh, they have seven, you know, this is a 7-8 guy. Like Derek White was a starter for the Spurs before he got traded. And Peyton Pritchard probably could be a solid six-man for a lot of people. And same with Grant Williams. He could be a very, pretty much a starter for any other, almost any, a lot of teams. So... The fact that any of those guys can soak up minutes and contribute helps. But so the Warriors kind of have that really maybe you could say with, you know, Otto Porter. I think he's still kind of coming off the bench, but who knows his health. Mitch and Jordan Poole, he's kind of been the spark off the bench. Um, and then do, I guess I'll count like Moses Moody slash Kuminga because Kerr likes to throw one of those guys in there to, every now and then. Um, it, it is a tough series to predict. Boston, obviously, I'm very confident in their defense, but once again, this Warriors offense very different. Could be very different than Miami. It's you have to defend everybody for 24 seconds because of all their off-ball movement and the fact that you know, yes, the ball may be in Draymond's hands at the at the you know at the top of the perimeter, but Steph's doing a lot of things, Clay's doing a lot of things, guys are cutting. They do have their offensive system is, is just it can be exhausting to guard, uh, but like you mentioned. You mentioned that the Warriors can lock in, you know, go on a run of their own. They also have these, we saw it in Dallas. We saw it at that huge blowout in Memphis and in a couple other games where they have moments in games where they just don't take care of the basketball, um, which obviously helps out the Celtics. Most concerning thing for the Celtics, though, I think, is you already alluded to, is you can't go on those offensive droughts like you could against Miami because this is, just, like you said, a much better Golden State team. They're not, it's good it's going to be hard to hold them under 100 as opposed to Miami. Um, by end of day, size is a skill, especially in a long series like this. Like you mentioned, isn't the Warriors of, you know, the 72-win Warrior or 73, I forget, um, where that team was incredibly deep, could win in different ways. Obviously, they don't have KD anymore. You mentioned Clay is a little bit lesser than, and Steph has struggled in the finals before. I'm going with the Celtics here um, in seven as well. I, it's tough. I could easily see Warriors seven, but I just 
I don't think Al Holford's going to get played off the court. Even if Robert Williams struggles at times, I think he'll be available in key moments. But worst case scenario, you play more Grant Williams. Um, right. Or Derek White. You can go even smaller. I was about to go with Derek White, yes. Um, I, I felt it. I, by the way, I felt like it was the third quarter or second quarter. It was a, I think I texted you. It was like, then he put Derek White back in the game. Because it was like, a th- I think it was that third quarter, game seven, where he like went with like the small lineup. A little too long. But anyways, nonetheless... Um, uh, just real quick, I'll yeah. say this. I would not be shocked if we see a lot of Derek White. Like I talked about with yeah. the heat and the off-ball stuff and these weird you know, screens that you're running around, Derek White was, in my opinion, the best Celtics defender of stopping that stuff. I think we could see a lot of Derek White. Yeah, so, and I said this before the before the Game 7, um, I felt the Celtics are a better matchup against the Warriors and the Heat um, just because I think their defense is a little bit more cohesive and you're going to have to communicate against Golden State. Like I mentioned, there's going to be a lot of probably, I'm not sure what EMA's plan is, if they're going to do a lot of switching or stuff like that. But regardless, your guys will be going through a lot of screens. They're going to have to talk a lot and be on the same page, chasing Steph and Clay around. Um, but, and I, I'm, I'm not saying this is a prediction, but I'm very, I have a feeling EMA's going to find some way, especially to pressure Draymond, because he's usually the, the, the main point of their offense find a way to make him comfortable so that he just can't survey at the top of the key and make the pass. Um, I do expect it to be a long series, you know, a lot of adjustments back and forth. And I do want to credit, once again, Ime Udoka made a lot of minor adjustments and continuous minor adjustments within yeah. the game, between games, um, and I think that's going to be key for the Celtics. I, I do want to add real quick because, obviously, I am a Celtics fan, so if you're still watching and you feel like I've been a little bit biased, Here's some critiques of the Celtics that I think the Warriors could take advantage of. Um, we talk about all this off-ball stuff. I think Jalen Brown is – I don't want to say he's a bad off-ball defender, but I think out of all the players on the Celtics' main rotation, outside of, like, Peyton Pritchard, he's probably the worst. He doesn't have amazing, like, foot quickness, and he's not that good at fighting through screens. Uh, and so – if I would be a bit surprised if we saw him, for example, guarding Clay Thompson. I think most likely Yudoka is going to try and put him on Andrew Wiggins, who's probably the least deadly off-ball player outside of Draymond, but he's not going to guard Draymond. So I think, you know, they're going to be very specific in some of their matchups because the Celtics, although they are a really great defense, once again, there's just certain things that you can exploit in their defense. Like I said, you know, Jalen Brown, even sometimes Jason Tatum, he, he can get frustrated at different points in the game and he can commit some really dumb fouls. So, you know, Steph, he could bait some of those kind of things. Um, so it'll be interesting to see overall, like I said, this series, it could go any different ways. It's going to be fun though. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Obviously we'll probably check in midway through the series. Um, obviously, unless it's a very clean series, but it probably won't be. Typically it isn't. Uh, was it last uh straightforward series probably what like this thunder heat back in lebron kd i think that was, that went five right or maybe one of the i think one of the warriors Cavs ones was like five right i believe or four so nonetheless i expect a very competitive series there's no over glaring team that i say oh even if there's an you know i'm not gonna win even if there's an injury i think these two teams are pretty well balanced and depth wise where um it's not gonna be a huge drop off uh so we'll see what happens we'll see you know if if steph can get going in the finals like you mentioned he hasn't really been can will Jalen Brown's defense be a liability? Can can he? There are times where he looked like he couldn't dribble the ball last uh, last couple of games. He was struggling with that. 
So we'll see if he can clean up his hands. He handle. goes for some very high risk, high reward type of moves that he just doesn't need to be doing. Yeah. So um, I don't think the Tatum foul thing would be an issue. Man, PJ Tucker was kind of like you mentioned, Marcus Smart, Kyle Lowry. There's some annoying people that you play PJ Tucker because he he'll be strong, but then you know you run into him in a screen, he'll all of a sudden right. be as light as a feather, and you're called for a charge. And I can tell that stuff like that was really bothering Tatum. So. But yeah, I mean, play. it's not going to happen often because I, I I fully expect Andrew Wiggins to be the one guarding him. And Andrew Wiggins isn't like that guy who's going to get all up in your face and like talk yeah. and yap and, you know, all that. But uh, you never know. I mean, Draymond, he's going to be doing a whole lot of that. And so I don't know. Yeah, but Draymond I, like has said, more, as Draymond said himself, he has more of a reputation. So I feel like he does. He does. And I don't expect PJ Tucker. I don't expect like the Tatum frustration thing to become like a big issue, yeah, yeah. but there are like, like I was talking about when the offense gets stagnant, there's some of those moments where they all of a sudden have a lot of self-inflicted wounds because maybe Tatum hasn't liked some of the calls that are going. And so then he commits a dumb foul and, and then, you, you know, you're just getting easy free throws for the other team. And then you're just digging the hole even deeper because you got into a slump. And so it's, like I said, don't think it's going to become a big issue, but they can't have those little like disappearing moments where guys are getting frustrated. They're complaining about calls. The refs aren't blowing the whistle and Steph is running back in the fast break and he hits a wide open three because you were down on the other sort uh, other side of the court crying. So I don't think it's going to happen because Udoka has really gotten pissed about his players doing that recently. And I think he's going to drill it into them that you just can't do that in this series. It's the finals. Um, but regardless, it is something to watch out for because it has happened in every series so far except the Nets. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Obviously, like we mentioned, finals on sorry, on Thursday. That's June 2nd. Uh, don't know what, which probably on ESPN or something. Nonetheless, like I said, we'll be back next week. Talk hoops. We'll see what happens in this series. Uh, other than that, hope you all enjoyed. Like, comment, subscribe. We do, ha- uh, if you're watching on YouTube, obviously we're on all podcast streaming networks and our main main social media is instagram that's at shut up and ball pod uh john's doing great stuff there as per usual as always and then we also our facebook shut up and ball that's the page name and then our tiktok and twitter are at shut up and ball other than that see y'all next time enjoy your week Recording stopped. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.